It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Locked On. Locked 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 On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast, Landon. What is going on, sir? Not a lot. We're uh, we got <laughs> some sort of blue white scrimmage televised on the uh, the website. That was uh, I, I mean, there was blue and there was white. I didn't see any scrimmage. There was so I <laughs> I don't I don't I don't really know family night whatever you want to call it. I didn't see any family. Uh, it was it was very odd. It was a very odd, like you know it, it was kind of like they they. They pulled a fast one on us, but it's also like, I mean, should you be should you be pulling a fast one on your fan base? I don't I don't know. Like it was it was very it was a very odd video to watch on a Sunday night, especially in lieu of much anticipated first glimpses of of, of football, you know. Yeah, we are fully anticipating uh, that we are gonna record a podcast on Sunday night, uh, breaking down all the action from the Cowboy scrimmage. Um, but we, we talked afterwards and we're like, okay, what are we going to break down? There, there really wasn't a lot for us to see on the outside, uh, but we're going to manage to do a show today anyways on it and go th- through some of the biggest news uh, out of that practice. Basically, it was just like a, any other regular practice, and we got, we got little notes and nuggets afterwards from the beat reporters that were there, uh, and we'll go through all of that. But let's start with this, Landon. First of all, there was a lot of people on Twitter last night that were outraged about uh, Mike McCarthy's practice, that he took the numbers off. He thought uh, A lot of people thought that was just uh, pointless. And then on the broadcast on DallasCowboys.com, uh, we didn't really see much action. We saw guys standing on the sideline. We saw them cut to their uh, studio show. <laughs> Do we do we really care that we didn't get to see practice lane? And I mean, I know the fans want to see it, but if if the team believes, um, you know, this is better for them long term, we shouldn't care, right? I mean, you know, I, I can understand like not wanting to listen to Nick Eatman make stuff up for two and a half hours, but I, I mean, I guess yeah. I, I also don't. Well, we're going there. Just, barely, okay? I mean, I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I also think that you know, it's like it, I feel like. You know, 
I don't I don't necessarily have an issue with with what happened. What I guess I have an issue is that they managed to promote it like a scrimmage and tell us all that you know football. And I mean even to the point where I think that the guys that were doing the broadcast probably weren't aware up until broadcast time that th- that they weren't going to be getting any kind of or being able to talk about or broadcast any kind of actual football. So you know it basically became like I said you know two hours of uh, let's say pontification and then another hour sure. and a half of, of of michael irvin telling old war stories you know which is i mean you know i'm, I'm a long time cowboys fan I, I listen to michael irvin talk all day but I, I don't know man like it was it i i guess i under i totally understand uh the mccarthy thought process and i totally understand the Jerry Jones, you know, trying to sell a uh, a, a, a practice to, on their website to sell ads. What I don't think I, I understand is how those two groups never talked to each other about what was about to happen. And like, they, you know, like, it's just like, at least tell us what was, you know, I feel like that would be the thing is if, if McCarthy came and said, hey, we're taking jersey numbers off and we're, I don't want to show any actual play on the field. Then maybe just promote this differently and like let's 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 do something different. I, I, look, I, I I see the utility for all of this. Like even the broadcast, I think it was useful for the people inside the stadium to just get a trial run for having to deal with camera crews and production crews inside the stadium sure, during sure. a COVID. Like I could I could make an argument that all of this was incredibly useful in a in a. Uh, like I said, in a functional manner, in in a in a pragmatic way, what I, what I guess I can't get behind is the idea that like they led so many Cowboys fans along to watch this broadcast when they knew, well, at least somebody knew that it that they weren't actually going to be showing any real football. But outside yeah, of the, so- the, the, the 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 security thing, it totally makes sense. And I think even the Jane Slater you know tweets this morning kind of show you that, it, that there there is some kind of advantage there. Yeah, so it sounds like the Cowboys already had this show um, paid for a long time ago, and they are doing this kind of show to to appease the sponsors and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I get. I mean, you, you have to do that kind of stuff. And listen, they still got a ton of people watching it, even if it's just you know some random shots of some players every once in a while. But um, Bob Sturm of The Athletic actually wrote a really good article about uh, the practice from last night. He went to uh, the Ford Center and watched it. Um, you know, he basically said, "Listen, under previous coaching staffs, whether it's Jason Garrett or Wade Phillips, um, they would have just gone along with what Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones have had, and you know, they would have televised this and would have been a big deal. Would have got killer ratings. But I think it just shows Mike McCarthy is." all about football, right? If there's any little competitive advantage to be gained here, even if it's just one guy, you know, showing out and other teams not being able to see it, I think he's going to do it. I think he's just a football junkie, you know, every day in and out. Um, and I think whether it's right or not, he believes that this was the right thing to do for his team getting ready for week one. So I have a hard time. I have a hard time blaming McCarthy. Sure. I would like to see more practice. I think, Uh, We were all selfish that way. But again, it's not Mike McCarthy's job to worry about whether people on Twitter are enjoying their practice practice experience, right? It's up to him to to coach this team to the best of his ability. And that's why I don't 
I don't really care. I'm, I wasn't throwing a fit uh, yeah. on Twitter last night either. I think that's really it too. Is that I don't I don't really care. And and even like the people that are trying to hold this as well, this just shows you like how much more of a serious coach versus Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy is. Look, we can have that argument for sure. And I think there's lots of sure. arguments to be made. This is a very weak argument for that. I, if anything, yeah, I think this yeah. is this is something that Jason Garrett just didn't care about enough and so he deferred to, to Jerry on this. I think this is something that, you know, is something specific to Mike McCarthy that he like. I mean, even the numbers thing, he talks about going back to watching the old Chuck Knoll practices and for, for Pittsburgh and that he liked that they didn't have numbers there too. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean I think I think there's an advantage here, to, at least in the some mind of some coaches, you know, uh, and I think that that's like, you know, uh, Jane Slater actually tweeted out those those comments from other coaches around the league saying that they thought it was BS or that it was a good advantage. You know, who, who knows? Cares? Who cares? Honestly, like it's it is what it is. I don't I, I'm not going to blame McCarthy for taking advantage of what he perceives to be a, an advantage. I don't know if it is a real advantage or not. And so, uh, you know. It's it's interesting to it's I guess it's it's interesting the way it turned out. I, I feel for, you know, like I mean, we live in a state where we currently where that any kind of distraction from what's going on in the real world is very widely accepted and and, want and desired. Sure. And I think that there was a little a lot of disappointment on the on Cowboys fans' faces that turned into this. So I I hate that for Cowboys fans, but at the same time, like. I mean, I, I understand the idea of thinking that there's some sort of competitive advantage to not showing your guys around to the league. You'll be okay. Thirteen yeah, days. Exactly. Yeah. You'll, you'll that's right. that's the thing. I, I it's two. You. It's two weeks. We'll, we'll be. We'll all be fine, right? Yeah, I promise you. When week one comes against the Rams, you will not be thinking that about that blue white scrimmage or whatever you call it. You, you will not be thinking about it at all. It just doesn't matter. Um, let's pause so we can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online. For 20 years, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. 
Okay, Landon, uh, we'll just do this kind of quickly because there wasn't, again, a ton to take away from uh, the practice yesterday. We did see, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes worth of somewhat notable action yeah um what were your biggest takeaways from practice yesterday well i just want you guys to know that i i I love our locked on family so much that i went back and watched this thing and and fast forward through all this three or four different times just to see if i can get something out of this i mean it's just because even the shots that were there it was it's practice it's not even competitive it's it's more rep work and that sort of thing yeah yeah Um, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, you know it's it's one of those things where it's not what you expected, but maybe it's something, right? Um, yep. I, you know, I think that the one thing that I kind of took away uh, out of this is that I felt like we got a little bit of uh, some shots of some uh, defensive line work, which I thought was good. It was good to kind of just get further looks at what these guys look at look like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, I kind of after getting some shots of this, I kind of really wanted to talk about uh, Tristan Hill because I think we I saw at least a, a little section where they were kind of focusing in on him, and I just you know I just wanted to kind of reiterate how well he's moving for a guy his size. Like he just looks yes. he looks yep. his athletic movement is just really great, and he. If you look at his body type compared to, and I think that's really where I got the most out of out of last night, which is a total, <laughs> completely different shift than what I was expecting to get information wise from the the scrimmage. Right, just going and, and watching these guys and how they interact with each other, how they're standing on the sideline, how they look next to each other. You know, because you you use these guys whom you have kind of a, a base of knowledge of, and then you kind of try to compare other guys to him. And, and just seeing Tristan Hill, like uh, w- next to some of the other defensive tackle bodies, he just looks so much more athletic with good size. You know, he doesn't yeah. have, yeah. Th- like, I mean, it's more than just, you know, you can see him from more angles and you see that he doesn't have that gut. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you saw, what was the name of the, the uh, uh, is it Justin, the guy that we just picked up, Justin, uh, I can't, this is terrible radio, but uh, Justin, hold on, I got it right here. His name is Justin, it's not here. It's not on the list. But there was that guy that they picked up in the offseason who's, I think, number 79 is his number. Yeah. And yeah. And, 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 he, uh, and he's a big dude. He's like 320-plus or something. You see him next to Neville Gallimore and, and the way that their body weight is distributed differently where – Justin, which I can remember what the guy's name is, has a big gut and, and kind of, you know, like is is got some strength up top. And then Gallimore is like all shoulders. He's like a, he's like a squatty like uh, a fire plug. And, and you could see, you know, kind of just those are the two guys that I was kind of focusing on in that quick little like defensive line drill. And, not, and, and you're not even really getting to see a bunch about, you know, how, their technique or anything because they're really just practicing you know, balance tech, uh, balance stances, and trying to stack and shed and that sort of thing. But what you can see is just some athletic movement and 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 just how their bodies are looking in a way that, you know, normally in a in a in a normal training camp, this is all stuff that I would be doing the first few days of camp. It's just yeah. kind of yeah. get, getting myself reassociated with what they look like and how they move and and that sort of thing. So. 
Um, and, and, and just to kind of a side note, like I, I thought it was interesting that that's how they plan on breaking down this tape. I mean, these guys, the coaches don't need the numbers because they, they watch these guys all day. Yeah. They know what these persons look like just by their gait and their, their movements. So it's it was good just to kind of associate our, reassociate ourselves with those guys and see how they look. And, and, I, and again, I came away uh, 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 very impressed with Tristan Hill's physicality and, and the way he's moving as well. I, I think it was... It's a good sign that maybe he's uh, taken the offseason seriously and ready to at least provide something in the way of a, a rotation as a defensive tackle. Absolutely. Uh, the guy that you were trying to figure out his name, Justin Hamilton. Hamilton. That's what uh, I knew was the H. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I thought of it as you were talking. I just didn't want to interrupt. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Justin Hamilton. But I think you're right in pointing out Tristan Hill. I think he's been one of the bigger winners over the last week. Uh, you know, kind of stepping up after the Gerald McCoy injury. So that's, that's it's encouraging to see. Um, a few other notes from practice. Uh, the Cowboys did have two injuries. Uh, starting safety, Xavier Woods, uh, left with a groin injury. It doesn't sound like a super serious injury. I think the report was a strained groin. Wouldn't be surprised if he misses the next week of practice, maybe the next 10 days. Uh, but I think the expectation is that he will be w- ready for week one. Uh, and then Ventel Bryant, the wide receiver, uh, who's really fighting for that, you know, wide receiver six spot on the roster, if they even have one. Um, you know, he went down with a knee injury. Uh, the Cowboys were fearing an ACL injury. That ended up not being the case. It sounds like it's still relatively minor, uh, but we'll have to see if he's able to practice any time before uh, week one. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more, Landon, about some other guys who performed well in practice. Uh, let's talk about Dalton Schultz. It seems like that's somebody we're talking about all the time on this podcast. Uh, Schultz is somebody who has had a strong, strong week of practice. Um, how, you know, it's, I saw a report from Michael Gelkin yesterday that he could easily triple his snaps from last year. What are you anticipating from Dalton Schultz this year? I, yeah, I think just being kind of that utility, you know, just throw him in there and he can do a little bit of everything tight end. You know, just uh, not necessarily a focus of the passing game, but they aren't won't be afraid to uh, to uh, get him the the ball if they if he's open. Uh, I think uh, you know, not, just a lot of a lot of different. You know, what you need a he need a goal line blocker. He's going to be there. You need a guy who can line up in the backfield as an F. I think he can do that for you. Just you know, kind of a, a lot of uh, of the role that you saw James Hanna take just when he was here. Just just a, a special teams guy, a, a, a second tight end, a, a move tight end, a fullback. A, you yeah. know, just a guy yeah. who can do a little bit of everything for you. And 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 if he can catch, if he if he get the ball, if he's open, he'll catch it when you throw it to him too. And and, and he's not you know, he's not James Hanna and that he runs a four four, but he can get the ball in the move and still you know get you know cause some damage. He's not lumbering necessarily he's got some athleticism to him I, I i wouldn't make an effort to focus on getting him the football but i certainly uh, am not going to be upset if he gets the football either i, I agree I, I would be i'm really interested to see how he fits into this offense i mean we thought going into the season the cowboys are going to use a bunch of 11 personnel they're going to find ways to get tony pollard on the field uh, but what else can they do? What other personnel packages can they can they use to to potentially make their offense more diverse? It looks like Dalton Schultz is at least proving to be potentially a capable tight end too, and that's encouraging for the Cowboys' offense. Um, let's take one more quick break, and we'll come back and talk about more from practice. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Lennon, on Stephen Jones's uh, recent press conference from Monday, it sounds like the wide receiver four and wide receiver five jobs uh, have already been accounted for. Uh, in some order, Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown have grabbed those jobs. Uh, I know Noah Brown had a good practice yesterday catching a, uh, a touchdown from Dak Prescott working with the number ones. Uh, we've talked about Cedric Wilson, Wilson a bunch on this show. My question to you is, do we think this team carries a six wide receiver on the roster or are these the five guys the Cowboys are going into the season with? I mean, I think the question really, just to put a more specific point on it, is do they know at this point? You know, like, I mean, do yeah, they maybe. have a, uh, a, an actual uh, a pl- plan in place at this point for for the number of receivers they're going to have, or or is it kind of a, a a multi-positional battle for a spot? You know, like are they looking at potentially having a fourth tight end versus six wide receiver versus you know eighth offensive lineman or whatever? Like you know, I think it's yeah. it's yeah. it's that's what I think is would be interesting to know is are do they have a standard that they usually hold themselves to as far as the number of tight uh, wide receivers they take or so I think that, that, that because we don't really have any kind of – we have you know knowledge of what happened in Green Bay before, but I, I don't think we have anything you know set in stone along these lines. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting question, and I think it, it might ultimately come down to the, what, who they think they can sneak onto practice squads. You know, and the, and the quality of players that they think that they can sneak onto practice squad in what position. If they think that they can get decent wide receivers to, to the practice squad that they can eventually, you know, turn around and call back up if needed. Sure, um, yeah. Then, you know, maybe that's a situation. I, I would tend to think that, you know, we need to think about what's valuable, like, and, and what's uh, readily available. And, and to me, that would read, like, maybe they should go long on offensive linemen, uh, you know, the position yes. that's a yep. little bit more difficult to kind of gather that talent. Uh, and then, you know, you let a guy like – and maybe this is why they're focusing so much on someone like Aaron Parker, right? Because they, they know if they can focus on getting Aaron Parker up to s- speed a little bit and then release him, uh, they I think you, you have to feel pretty good about your your chances of getting someone like that back onto your practice squad because, you know, there's there's tons of undrafted free agent wide receivers this year. Yeah. The, the COVID yeah. situation has made evaluating guys on other teams very difficult. So – I, yeah, I think these are all parts of the math that are that are coming up when you are talking about this. Is it's not just should we keep the six wide receiver? It's like, well, what can we make? What can who can we cut and make it to our practice squad that can then thereby be brought into our team through the kind of back door? And who do we need to take and carry on to the fifty-three man roster because we know that they won't clear roster. Uh, uh, the roster cuts because the, the position they play and because of the value of offensive linemen. It, it's always a, a step or two more complicated than we yes, anticipated yep. being. Well, I was going to say, let me give you a perfect example, right? You like John Vea Johnson quite a bit. And I think 
him and maybe Bryant are competing for that wide receiver six spot. But if you have to compare them to like an Adam Redman, who is potentially fighting to be what the ninth or tenth offensive lineman on this team, listen, I don't think it's close. Like, no. give me, let me go long on offensive lineman. I'll stick. You know, if if Bryant or John Vea Johnson or Aaron Parker or Devin Smith are all on my practice squad, I, I'm perfectly fine just grabbing whoever's left of those two and keeping you know Redman on my roster because I know. At the very worst, Redman could probably be a swing interior guy for me. Uh, we've seen him actually play in the NFL and not be awful. Um, so I, I just don't think that's all that close to me, right? No. it's And again, like it's about positional value, about supply and demand league-wide because that's what we're talking about when we start talking about cuts. You start talking about opening up the competition to the rest of the league. So, yeah, I, I, to me it's about value and about making sure that you – have the players that are not you have the talent at the positions that you are not going to be able to get talent at later on in the season this you know this is the cut down spot is your last chance to hold on to that specific level of talent the kind of talent that you are not going to be able to get regular season you know the talent acquisition Absolutely. is 365 days a year, but that doesn't mean the talent is widely available 365 days a year. So, uh, right. yeah, I think you need it. There's a certain spot where you need to make sure that you're retaining, you know, specifically offensive and defensive line talent where you're those are rare specimens, harder to get your hands on, and like spots like wide receiver or some of these other spots where there's a lot of players in the league that can. You know, be serviceable. You're not trying to go out and trying to get the the your wide receiver one off the street. You know, but you, you can get a wide receiver four. You can get a wide receiver five on on the street throughout the the NFL season. So no, yeah. that that is not the case for say your sixth offensive lineman or your even frankly Correct. your seventh offensive lineman. Absolutely. Um, and the last note that we're going to talk about here on today's show, Landon. Uh, is some Randy Gregory news. Jane Slater of the NFL Network uh, reports that there's really been no update uh, from the NFL's point of view, but it sounds like we could get some news mid-September. Uh, it's it's not that surprising to me that the NFL continues to drag their feet here. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and talk about how this could affect the Cowboys if Gregory is not reinstated until let's say uh, week three of the regular season. The Cowboys don't have to hold on to him in terms of a roster spot. He doesn't count against their 53-man roster, so they're set there. And in fact, maybe this is the best-case scenario for the Cowboys, right? It gives them a chance to see what Everson Griffin and Alden Smith look like. Maybe it gets them a, you know, a chance to, if they have some injuries, um, you know, they don't have to cut anybody right away. This is I don't think this is necessarily a terrible thing for the Cowboys. What's your take on the Randy Gregory uh, situation? Yeah, I mean, I think... There's a lot of stuff going on, you know, <laughs> with the COVID situation, and they're trying their very best, and they're putting all their resources towards getting the regular season to, to work and keeping people safe. You know, it's not fair, but Randy Gregory is not a priority right now, you know, and I think that, it, it, that, that there's a lot of focus on a lot of other things, so... Uh, I think it could work out great because, like you mentioned, it, it you know he is on a mechanism, roster mechanism that allows him to hover for a little while and maybe keep you keep the best grouping of talent right until you get mm-hmm. a, an opportunity where you have to make a choice. 
Uh, and then even then, I think that there's you know still some further rock, roster mechanism for a guy that's coming off of a suspension, if I'm not mistaken. So you may even yep. get a half, you know, a quarter of the season where you have extra roster flexibility with Randy as he's making his way back, right? So sure, yeah. I I think uh, I think you know this is this is an unfortunate situation for Randy. He must be incredibly frustrated. It's probably not the best thing for. His, you know, getting back up at speed and, and playing good football in 2020, uh, but here, that's where we are right now. You know, he hasn't yeah. even made it back to practice yet. So, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, like I said, right now it's really more about 2021 with Randy Gregory. I think. I mean, you'll get something. You'll potentially maybe get him back this year and see what he's got. But there's so much talent already. You're certainly not relying on him. And I'm certainly thinking that they're not going to try to necessarily force him back onto the field if you know you're already three deep with guys who, at least it sounds like right now, could be really good pass rushers. Right, and the thing is with too with Gregory has to realize is, you know, next year Alden Smith is on a one year deal, Everson Griffin's on a one year deal. Um, you know, it's you know the, the situation opposite of Demarcus Lawrence is wide open. I'm not sure Tyrone Crawford is going to be back next year, so. It, you know, even though he might not be there for week one, being on the field at some point during the 2020 season, showing that he's ready to go uh, is important. And I do think the Cowboys will eventually get him back. Uh, it just remains to be seen when that is. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.